Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany coming to you again from WeWork here in the center of Frankfurt. I do have kind of a repeating guest here, but first let him introduce himself. Hello, Peter. Welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm Peter. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been founding businesses for seven years now, and I'm very happy to be here today. Uh, thing is, we should tell the people that in the beginning, I was part of a German-only podcast, and um, we did a remote interview back in the days. At this time, you've been you've been working in uh, consumer products. Yes, that's correct. And um, from then, we kept in touch. And now you're doing a different venture, right? Yes, I've been doing a lot of ventures since. Um, this is like my this is my twelfth, and um, yeah, the current one is in uh, deep learning AI. Uh, while the first one was uh, in consumer product, consumer brands. And my understanding is your first venture is still running? Yes, all of them are still running. Yes. Ah, 12 ventures. How do you keep track of all of them? Well, um, I, I'm lucky to have good executives in place. Um, the newest one, the AI, I'm running personally, and the other ones are run by... Um, executives I can trust really well and that take a lot of the load off me. So I, um, I have less, less work on keeping track. That sounds pretty good. Um, let's do a little bit your journey. How did you start up with entrepreneurship? Uh, what fascinates you? Well, um, as you can maybe tell by the amount of ventures I've done, um, entrepreneurship is also my, my, my number one hobby. Um, uh, the, the, what gets me most excited is uh, starting up in a totally new field of business, um, finding out the perimeters, finding out what do you need to do to be successful in this area, um, setting everything up, um, creating the broader strategy. Um, that's what I, I thrive for. Mm -hmm. I see. And um, basically, what I understand from your first venture, you started out selling your products on Amazon, and then you expanded, like, sell it across Europe, across the United States, right? So you, you already did, like, a, a big, almost global expansion already with your first project, right? Yes, correct. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll uh, guide you through and take a very short or overview um, so the first one was indeed a consumer product company, a, a beauty company. We were producing beauty um, and selling it mostly online, uh, mostly on Amazon. And it, it then uh, grew into pharmacies. And um, that's the, the way it's been run uh, still today. And um, the, the thing was, um, after starting it with the first product, that was kind of an innovation um, a, a body aftershave, um, which was new because there were only aftershaves for the face before that. Um, and, and we went to the German Shark Tank and suddenly we had a brand because uh, so many people watched that. And the question was, 
how to expand the product portfolio since there's a brand now. And we chose a very tech-heavy um, approach and uh, went through Google data, through Amazon data, and we're looking for new trends um, and new products to release. So um, that led us to having a whole pipeline of product releases because we were just following the data. And um, soon the portfolio grew to 25 products. And then the question was um, quite obviously, can you apply this to other, other types of, of businesses too, to other consumer consumer businesses. So um, I, was, I started a socks brand, a nutritious supplement brand, actually several with different approaches, um, another beauty line, even a washing gel brand for men, um, all kinds of other consumer brands. Um, and in the end, there were uh, seven of them, and they were all following the same principle of looking at data, um, and releasing the products that are on the verge of a trend. And uh, the success rate uh, was pretty high, um, especially on, on Amazon, which led um, one of the biggest um, retail groups in Europe in, in drugstores to contact us and say, could you take over this process for us too? And that is um, how we came up with spinning off this approach and uh, turning it into a real product, um, which is, has resulted in the AI company that we are doing, which is making um, time series analysis and prediction and looking at consumer data now and making prediction on consumer interests and behavior in the future. Uh, basically, uh, using our essence of our company and um, offering it to bigger companies who have more leverage. Mm -hmm. it, yes. the, the deal was already in the German startup news, so it's yes. Rossmann. It's yes. one of the largest drugstore chains in Germany. And um, the company, I do believe, is called Fita? Uh, Pythia. Pythia. Um, okay. Pythia AI, like the Greek goddess. Uh, who ah. used to, who founded the Oracle in Delphi? Um, so, so, so you're not all only an Oracle. You're the founder of the Oracle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was the founder of the Oracle, and I, I'm the founder of, uh, yeah, of her. Uh, yeah, the naming is not shy. Okay. Yeah, the <laughs> naming is the naming has not. Yeah, I was that was I was thinking when we were picking names. I was thinking, wow, this is a ballsy name. I gotta say. Okay. We went for it, but apparently every, everybody went with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, what you're doing now is you went from consumer products with several ventures into like deep tech AI learning, and uh, we should tell our viewers, our listeners, that you actually do have a technical background. Then it starts to make more sense for them, right? Yes, um, I've studied uh, aerospatial engineering in uh, Munich at the Technical University. And that means he's a rocket scientist. <laughs> um, and, and economy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing, but I'm not uh, doing um, on, a, on a deep product level. Um, I'm, I'm more uh, creating the 
broader tech strategy and and architecture on a on a broader level, on a higher level. Mm-hmm. That's my role and in, 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 on a technical uh, perspective in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is you've been looking for uh, investor money. Yes, just, that's just correct. recently, and for everybody who thinks you look a little bit tired, yes, you are tired. You're jet lagged. Uh, you just opened uh, an office in the Silicon Valley, right? Ah, uh, yes, I just uh, flew in uh, yesterday. We, and ha- we, we had just... sl- sl- slight logistical difficulties <laughs> due to that, but we finally <laughs> made it here. Yes. But, but by the way, that that's the reason the background is so dark because we had to stay a little bit longer. But nonetheless. We are very happy to have you here. Let's tell the story of your Silicon Valley office. Thank you very much. So yeah, we three days ago we opened our office in Sunnyvale in uh, in the Valley. Um, it was personally it was also part of a of a bucket list that appeared the moment I touched uh, base in the Valley for the first time, and um, I've spent most of my last year uh, over there. And we, we've started setting foot, and um, now we're based based over there too. So um, now we're running uh, Frankfurt, Berlin, and Valley offices. Oh, I see. And um, a, a story somebody told me up front before you came in, basically you went along the street in the Silicon Valley where all the uh, <laughs> VCs are actually headquartered, and more or less... It, He literally told me the story. You went there and just knocked on the door. Hey, I'm Peter. I'm from Germany. I want money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something that's, like that. Uh, that's uh, pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> that's pretty and nobody kicked you out. No. Um, <laughs> so what amazed me about that? So I, I really, there's two streets in in the valley that are covering most of the high target um, venture capital firms, and. On those two streets, they're all sitting one next to each other. And um, on my first round there, actually, like last year, I, I had a few meetings, but I obviously wanted to expand and, and uh, get more traction onto our funding round. So I really went uh, door to door, um, knocked or rang the bell. And um, what amazed me was that even though it's the, the, the startup mecca, of the world, I would say. Um, a lot of venture capital firms were saying that this was the first time that, that, that this happened to them. And that, that blew my mind. Like, this is the place where everybody is going who wants to, 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 to aim high in, in, in the startup business, in the, in the tech startup business especially. And nobody goes for the best firms possible to, to get in to get a contact uh, I do believe it's much more convenient if you sit at home at your desk and you just send out emails and you hate them that they are not replying but actually it's way harder to ignore someone when they're physically present right yes of course but you gotta hustle and uh, and actually the feedback of course some were saying I don't have time right now or Could you come back another time? Or, or we're just taking the card and we're saying, we'll get back to you if, if there is interest. And we're at like maybe 30 seconds and we're like, okay, bye. But um, on the other hand, um, a lot were saying, 
wow, we respect that because that's that's a founder skill that that we want to see. You know, you you got to hustle. You got to hustle. <laughs> Yeah. That yeah. is pretty good. Um, you, you're at, for everybody who's watching this year, actually right now not closed with your Series A round. You're still looking for investors. Right? Yes, we, we finished our seed round uh, last year um, with uh, close to a million. And um, now we're looking at a Series A round. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everybody who would like to reach out to you, down here in the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening to this, there is a link to our blog and uh, the blog post that contains this YouTube video. There is a link to your personal LinkedIn profile so people can straight reach out to you. Yes, that's correct. You told us you have several ventures and you have reliable executives that are actually keep the company running. How do you find those people? I, I assume you don't just find them randomly in Starbucks. Uh, that's a great question. So finding good executives, I think everybody who has ever looked for someone um, and, and has found out that it's that that's hard. I think that um, that's a worldwide uh, common problem for uh, everybody looking for uh, executives. Um, we, we actually, I mean, obviously we can't, I don't get around, uh, interviewing a lot of people, but, um, I've, I've optimized that process by really trying to understand what are the qualities of this person, um, going strongly into, is it a detailed person? Is it, um, a broader strategy person? What's the execution power? And we're running interviews that that go really deep into uh, personality mm -hmm. so we're I'm, i'm not really looking a lot at at um university grades who, who can be an indicator for personality as well but I, i use them more as as an indicator or or past jobs um i'm always going deep into um that person's psychology and uh work philosophy Those are the things um, that I'm looking at most. And um, the third big point is uh, culture. Culture oh. meaning work, work culture. Um, what does that person, I'm always asking, what does that person think is a, is a perfect work environment, or an ideal work environment? How do you, how, what is the ideal communication with other people? Um, how do you, uh, and what I'm looking first and foremost, which I would add as one of the main points is how much ownership is that person able to carry and is native, is natively carrying when it comes to, um, problems or, or successes as well. So I'm always looking for people who take full ownership. That's, um, that's one of the ideals I'm looking for, um, And I'm choosing by, is that person able to take full ownership of its, um, its doing? That, that is something. Or is, it, is that person externalizing um, outcomes? I would be curious when you talked about like a broad strategy person or a detailed person. In the role of an executive, you don't necessarily want to have a person who's just focused on the details, 
But on the other hand, if they're just looking at the very important picture, they may oversee like two or three lines of text in a contract, which can later on really hurt a venture. So what's the ideal balance you're looking for? All right. Also a great question. Um, so I don't think that there, are, that there are a lot of people, there's always uh, exceptions, who are uh, talented at both um, larger scale picture and very narrow de detail. Um, I, th I always think it's a trade-off um, somewhere with, with exceptions. Um, so I'm looking for executives, uh, depending on the business, uh, mostly for uh, a broader view. Um, I, I don't want uh, them to get stuck in detail, but I want them to understand that the people that they are hiring uh, need to compensate for that and um, be more detail-focused and, and take over that part and be, be very diligent. Um, but in an executive, um, I'm usually looking for people who have a broader perspective, who have see a broader strategy, um, who, who can make up the bigger picture. Hmm. This is also where I, I, I kind of see myself at. I'm, I'm, I think I'm very good at concepts and um, definitely a lot worse at detail. And I'm always trying to, to compensate that um, with the people I work with who balance this out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to, to put it in perspective, I always think um, the, uh, the person the leading executive should have a broader view then the managers who work for him should be somewhere in between between broad and detail and then the people executing should be more detail focused so the, the first gives the, the bigger picture uh, the first layer and then the layers in between transports that picture that strategy, that vision um, transport it into more detail, more detail until it gets executed um, in, in, in full detail. That's how I'm, I'm picturing it. So like a pyramid. Like a pyramid. Um, pyramids are very badly chronotated in business, but yes, <laughs> like a pyramid. <laughs> this is not um, a pyramid scheme. No. <laughs> this is not a pyramid scheme, is what every pyramid scheme says. Um, <laughs> uh, so... So in order to understand the, the broader vision that, that, is, that is being created, you need to have a broad vision, right? So that's why I find it important that it broad vision, um, medium, and, and then, then come all the perimeters in between, medium vision, medium detail, and then detail. Because otherwise, you, you cannot trans, transport that vision into all the details that are, that it's, that it's I mean, the bigger vision is reflected in each detail. So um, you need someone to, to build a broader concept, someone to understand that concept in one area, let's say in marketing, and be able to tell the, the content creators the details um, on a more detailed level, and they then need to understand on a detailed level the, the concept and make the, the very small details fitting to that concept. And the same goes for all areas and managers in between. They need to understand the broader and need to be able to transport and uh, communicate that to, to their um, people executing. 
Mm-hmm. We we've been we've been talking before we started that we both do like the books of Ben Horowitz. If you haven't read the hard thing about hard things, read it. It's awesome. Um, and he tells stories about people who are good in their job in a growing startup, like managing a team of five people. But when it gets to 50 people, they they are out of the depth. Um, so basically, you need to retask them, fire, uh, fire them, or get the boss on top of them. How do you deal with that stuff? Um, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm also a big fan of that book. Um, actually, another Ben Horowitz book is on my... Uh, top five books um, I would recommend to everyone. Um, it is What You Do Is Who You Are, uh, which really opened my mind on on business culture and its importance. Uh, a feeling I had before already, but it really clarified it and it, it pushed it um, higher in my, uh, in my view, which is also why I said earlier that another big point that I'm looking for in, um, in uh, executives I'm hiring is... Um, do they have a healthy uh, culture, a healthy work culture? Um, and does that their culture fit into our company's culture? Uh, something I think you do intuitively, but this really brought it up and, and, and really made it more present. Um, do, do you kind of also measure that? Because I do believe a lot of startups, a lot of companies out there measure their people by strictly um, Excel-based approach, KPI achieved, not achieved. Can you kind of evaluate something like this also on a like rolling annual, biannual basis? Um, so uh, this is also a great point, <laughs> uh, a complex point. Looking at result-based uh, evaluation, I do that when it comes to the perspective of time. So I, I don't evaluate people by how much time they're spending at the office or work in general. Uh, on that perspective, I'm only looking at results. When it comes to company culture, though, or the general decision-making process, it's not always the right result that, um, that tells you that it was the right decision. So you can have the right decision leading to a wrong result and the wrong decision leading to the right result, um, which can be a very bad decision that has uh, resulted in a great result. Um, I still look at the decision and the decision-making process and not at the result. Yeah. So to your question, no, I'm not valuing that uh, result-based. Um, more decision-making based. Yeah, yeah we, we've been, we've been uh, talking a lot about um, books. What would be like your top five business books you could like strongly recommend? Mm -hmm. And usual disclaimer, they'll be all available down here in the show notes with an affiliate link. <laughs> so... Uh... <laughs> All right. Um, so the business books or books in general, I, I don't divide between business and um, personal life too much um, in terms of growing. I think uh, if you grow as a person, you grow as a leader and as a business person um, as well. So I, I've always experienced my impact on the companies and the growth of the companies thus 
being um, s strongly um, impacted by also my personal development. So uh, that's why uh, the list would be for me um, Principles by Ray Dalio, one of the s strongest books I've ever read. Uh, um, Ray Dalio is uh, one of the founders of Bridgewater Associates, yes. uh, a hedge fund investment company. Yes, correct. Um, then this year's uh, favorite so far has been The Man Who Solved the Market, the book about Jim Simons and Renaissance Technology, another hedge fund. Mm -hmm. we, we may say uh, Simons was a professor of mathematics and they do have a fund that is basically only working with uh, proprietary money, money of him and his company and uh, they're still really whacking the market. They're doing really well yes. from when you can tell from the outside. Uh, yes. Um, then um, mm. What You Do Is Who You Are by Ben Horowitz, uh, the book on company culture that I've mentioned. Um, the Little Prince is definitely in the top five. Um, uh, a book that I think at all ages, uh, if you reread it, um, you, you find something new in it. Um, and um, what would I? What else would I put there? Um, definitely Nietzsche. Um, Nietzsche. Also, I, I think for for a broader philosophy, I think philosophy um, goes really well with business because you start making up a concrete uh, and and more more precise uh, business philosophy um, through that. So in general, I recommend that. Um, yeah, that would that would be my that would be my strongest picks. Mm -hmm. I I also did that because I was looking for some quotes to share next to the ones we get from the interviews, and actually I realized like Goethe, Schopenhauer. Oh, they they they, they not all... to mention yes, of course, uh, everything that um, Hermann Hesse has ever written. Yeah, that 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 goes. Um, I think created also a big part of of my my personality. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody who would like to learn more go down here in the show notes there will be link also to Wikipedia articles who's Hermann Hesse who's Friedrich Nietzsche Arthur Schopenhauer and so on and so forth uh, I, I do assume for most most of my audience we don't need to link Ben Horowitz <laughs> <laughs> they should yeah. know him um, as I said in the beginning we are here in Frankfurt and from my understanding, all of your businesses are based in Frankfurt, right? Yes. Um, so the, the home base of um, almost all um, is Frankfurt, uh, while the, the AI just, is just getting a, a U.S. entity. Uh-huh. So uh, we are uh, sponsored here by Invest in Hessen. What, what does Hessen Frankfurt mean for you? Well, um, for, first of all, it means home, um, and uh, on the other hand, it means uh, high access to capital um, in German terms uh, due to all the banks here. It means um, a pretty high quality talent pool um, since there is a lot of economics and mathematics. Um, and, and engineering students around here. Um, we're really happy with the, with the engineers we were able to hire here. 
and uh, just as well as, as the rest of the workforce. Uh, uh, many people usually won't understand that, but there's a lot of people uh, like on, on project basis with uh, consulting companies, even working in the IT of the banks, who are really, really good at coding. They, they know their stuff. They can also do AI and all that stuff, and that's the talent pool you're talking about, right? Like all the, 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 the people internally and externally that help keep running the banks and can do much more than just banks, right? Yes, um, we're, we're exactly. We're happy with the talent pool, especially since a lot of people are trained uh, by the companies here. And uh, what we also uh, have come to love is the, the the work ethics. So it's a it's a it's a it's a very um, it's a work minded city, I would say. Um, and and also, uh, it's a matter of. Of competitiveness and and people take things seriously, um, so we're we're happy with the talent pool and thus only with with this talent pool and the team that we were able to put together, um, we we have reached so much. So that speaks for itself, I think. I would say since you arrived here with a bicycle, you also most likely <laughs> like the proximity of everything here. You can just get around by bicycle, and you can actually do it faster than by Porsche. Uh, well, um, depending how you drive, but um, you um, the, the the logistics are very very good too. Yeah, yeah, especially taking all the flights and the international uh, and the proximity to the airport, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the train connections you can go by train here, high speed to Vienna, Paris, uh, a lot of Eastern Europe. Like uh, via Paris, you can even go to London via the Eurotunnel and all that stuff. It's it's actually pretty nice here. Um, before it's getting too late, I just want to say thank you very much. We keep in touch. We will uh, report when you finally finish your Series A. And um, until then, best of luck and thank you for making the time. Thank you so much. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.